Hello, and welcome to Jiu-Jitsu Red to Blue. I'm Tish Durkin, and this week, the less than obvious but more than logical anti-MAGA point I would like to make is, thank God for the indictment of United States Senator Robert Menendez and for the subsequent scramble of Democrats to disown him. Months and months of TV and film actors and writers being on strike may have deprived America of sensational content from Hollywood, but thanks to Bribery Bob, we've got more than enough from D.C. via Cairo and Englewood Cliffs. Wait, wait. As the senator pointed out in a defiant press conference on Monday, it is entirely premature for me to be calling him Bribery Bob. A cornerstone of the foundation of American democracy and our justice system is the principle that all people are presumed innocent until proven guilty. All people. I ask for nothing more and deserve nothing less. The court of public opinion is no substitute for our revered justice system. We cannot set aside the presumption of innocence for political expediency when the harm is irrevocable. Okay, point taken. Senator Menendez should henceforth be known as Senator Innocent Until Proven Guilty, IUPIG for short. I'm not so sure about that irrevocable harm business, though. The death penalty, in which a person loses his life, causes an irrevocable harm. An innocent person spending years in jail, years that he will never get back, causes an irrevocable harm. Bob Menendez giving up a Senate seat that he has put smack dab in the crosshairs of a federal prosecution even though he might not end up getting convicted? I'm not sure that would be any harm at all. Then again, I don't want to be one of those un-American types who rush to judgment. To those who have rushed to judgment, you have done so based on a limited set of facts framed by the prosecution to be as salacious as possible. Well, the prosecution hasn't had to do all that much framing to make the facts in the indictment look pretty salacious. The indictment, a page-turner, features wads of cash stuffed into the pockets of the senator's jackets and stashed elsewhere in his house, some of that cash with the fingerprints of one of his co-defendants on it. It features a wife, also indicted, who allegedly got a Mercedes-Benz convertible in exchange for the senator's intervention in a criminal matter on behalf of a relative of the automotive philanthropist, as well as a low or no-show job on the payroll of a halal meat certification company whose owner, an old friend of Mrs. Menendez's, had gained a monopoly on the certification of all meat imported from anywhere in the world by his native Egypt, even though he had no previous background in halal meat certification, and at least one high official at the U.S. Department of Agriculture objected to the monopoly as harmful to U.S. interests. There are also a bunch of gold bricks, the value of which Menendez allegedly Googled to find out. Answer, more than $100,000 in total, at least in terms of what the feds found in the House. But lest we forget. Remember, prosecutors get it wrong sometimes. Sadly, I know that. Oh, yes, sadly. Menendez does know the ins and outs of prosecution because, of course, he's been prosecuted before, and not that long ago. All of this recent, possibly allegedly, maybe it won't turn out to be criminal, but boy, is it stupid and sleazy conduct, came after, soon after Menendez had been charged with a whole other, albeit lesser, but pretty darn disgusting set of offenses, which involved jetting all over the place with and doing all kinds of favors for a wealthy doctor friend who did end up getting convicted for big-time fraud. And now, thanks to a whole new bunch of dubious dealings with a whole new bunch of dubious characters, 
the poor senator is you pig all over again. It's so unfair. Let's hear more. All I humbly ask for in this moment in my colleagues in Congress, the elected leaders and the advocates of New Jersey that I have worked with for years, as well as each person who calls New Jersey home, is to pause and allow for all the facts to be presented. Okay, I call New Jersey home, so I will take that pause. Now, actually, I don't need to pause to remember that we don't have all the facts necessary to judge whether or not the senator deserves to be convicted in a criminal trial. But there are some facts that we absolutely positively know right now. One, Menendez is purposely and disingenuously mixing up the criteria that need to be met for him to be allowed to walk the streets with the criteria that ought to be met for him to be privileged to walk the corridors of American power. It need not be clear whether he belongs in prison for it to be blindingly obvious that he does not belong in the United States Senate. Two, the word humbly does not fit anywhere in any sentence tumbling from the mouth of Menendez in this moment. There is nothing humble about putting his own need to retain the Senate seat for himself ahead of the Democratic Party's need to retain that seat for New Jersey. And make no mistake, by keeping himself in a fight that he will do his best to make bloody, that is exactly what Menendez is doing. And three, for the fact that is really killing him in that court of public opinion for which he seems to have a lot of disdain, but in which he is already on trial for his political life, Menendez is acting so much like Donald Trump in a state where Trump is very well known, but not very well loved. Menendez trial number one ended in a hung jury in 2017 in light of which lucky stars Menendez could gracefully have bowed out of the Senate when his term ended the following year. But as if to foreshadow Trump's reaction to the Mueller report, Menendez treated total mortification as total vindication. From the moment he left the courthouse to apparently the moment he stepped up to that mic on Monday, Senator Upig has pretended that a hung jury meant not that some of his peers looked at the evidence and fell short of being convinced that he had strictly broken the law, but that all of his peers looked at the evidence and were convinced that he was a wronged man, a model public servant, a tribune of the people who was practically obligated to keep on keeping on with the very kinds of antics that had landed him in the wonderful world of indictment, a world he must have enjoyed because just a short while later, he was right back tempting the fates. In fairness, he was also fighting for human rights around the world, especially Egypt. If you look at my actions related to Egypt during the period described in this indictment and throughout my whole career, my record is clear and consistent in holding Egypt accountable for its unjust detention of American citizens and others, its human rights abuses, its deepening relationship with Russia, and efforts that have eroded the independence of the nation's judiciary among a myriad of concerns. Now, this point may count in a court of law, because ever since 2016, when the Supreme Court overturned the corruption conviction of former Virginia Governor Bob McDonnell, prosecutors have a much greater obligation to show an explicit link between an official's acceptance of gifts and favors with actions taken by that official as a result of receiving those gifts and favors. So legally, it may help Menendez if he can demonstrate that his official behavior with regard to all things Egypt had no relationship to his personal dealings with his Egyptian-born co-defendant. 
And since I've been comparing Menendez to Trump, it is important to point out that the foreign policy-related misconduct of which Menendez is accused does not hold a candle to that of which Trump stands accused. Still, should he have known better than to text insider info about the status of arms exports and the composition of embassy personnel to his wife and or his wife's friend with the iffy meat monopoly? Not talking legally here, just as your basic Jersey girl, I gotta say, no. And on a bizarrely different note... For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Now, this may seem old-fashioned, but these were monies drawn from my personal savings account based on the income that I have lawfully derived over those 30 years. Old-fashioned? Stashing something like half a million dollars worth of cash and gold in your house? Bob, 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 even if that's all legal, it's not okay. You should see somebody. But for now, let's move on. Some of the people calling for my resignation for political reasons say I have lost the trust of the people of New Jersey. That couldn't be more wrong. Eh, I think it's kind of right. And it was already pretty right back in 2018 when Menendez, having just slipped the noose of that hung jury, lost nearly 40% of the primary vote to a challenger with no name recognition, no money, no party support, and thus no crucially advantageous county lines on the ballot. All of which lines Menendez had then, and few if any of which he will have now. Which he clearly feels is our loss. Because when he's not doing the grifting, he's been doing heavy lifting for the Garden State. Today I'm surrounded by everyday people and constituents who know me. They are here because I fought for important health care policies like the Affordable Care Act, access to reproductive health care, funding for community health centers, and lowering the cost of prescription drugs. They are here because I have fought for working people, those who work five to nine to support those working from nine to five. I've always advocated for the right of workers to organize for better wages and working conditions and have been a staunch supporter of delivering critical services like affordable child care to better support working families. They are here because when Jersey is in the darkest day following Superstorm Sandy, I never relented in making sure that New Jerseyans were made whole and had the resources to rebuild stronger and more resilient than before. Okay, now I am angry, and not just at Menendez. Politicians in peril always spout this line, and I always wonder, what do they expect us to infer from it? We can't have a senator who says yes to better wages and working conditions for the average person, but no to grubby little gifties for himself? The harder you fight for small business owners and victims of Superstorm Sandy, the softer we should go on you for pressuring a prosecutor, albeit unsuccessfully, on behalf of your favorite Mercedes giver? No. No, 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 no. Doing a generally good job is no defense against taking specifically bad actions. If anything, it's the opposite. Senator, and for that matter, all senators and all representatives and all elected officials, the more you care about whatever goals you are pursuing in your public life, the more you have to take care not to imperil those goals by behaving idiotically in your personal life. And the more energetically you need to resist the urge to use your public life as a vehicle to enrich your personal life. 
So for God's sake, when you are caught behaving like a fool and a grub, don't you dare puff out your chest and brag that you have been all throughout a statesman. Menendez being a New Jersey Democrat, you'd think that I, being a New Jersey Democrat, would be horrified rather than delighted by this indictment. And in one sense, I am. I am horrified that it took this indictment to get the leaders of my party in my state to tell this guy enough, or, as he would insist on putting it by way of emphasizing his Latino identity, basta, cállate, vete, sobre todo, por fin, vete. Oh, that's right, I almost forgot the richest part of this. Menendez's first reaction when news of the indictment broke was to blame it on bigotry, firing off a statement that read, in part, For years, forces behind the scenes have repeatedly attempted to silence my voice and dig my political grave. Those behind this campaign simply cannot accept that a first-generation Latino American from humble beginnings could rise to be a U.S. senator and serve with honor and distinction. Come on, Bob. The Democratic establishment of New Jersey, like the Democratic establishment nationally, is about as eager to destroy the career of a prominent Latino American for no good reason as it is to ban birth control. That said, who knows? Maybe it will turn out that the feds have, in a fit of anti-Cuban fervor, planted all this evidence against the hardworking son of immigrants. Maybe, in the end, the glove won't fit and the jury will acquit. Even so... As a constituent, I am less than thrilled to have a senator who sounds just like O.J. And my senator is probably less than thrilled that instead of presiding over the Foreign Relations Committee, he now has to assemble a legal dream team of his own. That is not only a shame, it is an irony. And a lesson in the wisdom of getting off the corruption bus at the first possible stop. No doubt the people of New Jersey and the Democratic Party of New Jersey and the senior senator from New Jersey himself would be a whole lot better off today if, upon the moment that that 2017 jury came back without a verdict, he had decided, or the party bosses had decided to make him decide, to count his blessings and then go off to count the ton of money he could have gone on to make legally as a lobbyist or consultant or any of the other post-politics sinecures in which old fat cats are practically required to cash in on their connections. But since the right thing didn't happen then, I am glad that it is happening now. I am glad that New Jersey's Democratic governor and just about everyone in our almost entirely Democratic congressional delegation, including our junior senator, Cory Booker, and the Democratic state chairman, and almost all the Democratic county leaders have called upon Menendez to resign. So have, as of the moment I'm speaking, half a dozen Democratic senators and national Democratic headliners, such as Nancy Pelosi and AOC. I hope and trust that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer soon finds his way to doing the same. I am glad that no matter what other Democrats step up and join Congressman Andy Kim and activist Larry Hamm in the primary, the primary will certainly not be won by the only U.S. senator ever twice indicted on federal charges. More broadly speaking, I am glad that the Department of Justice, in bringing this case, refutes the ridiculous charge, often repeated by the most ridiculous voices in the Republican echo chamber, that the DOJ doesn't go after Democrats. And I am perhaps most glad that in 2024, thanks to this whole sordid spectacle, the American people are going to have a fresh and vivid occasion to see the difference between the way today's Democrats and Republicans treat the you pigs in their midst. 
Of course, the big GOP Yupig isn't in the Republicans' midst. He's at the very pinnacle of their party, so secure on his perch that most of his supposed opponents are scared to death to give him a good shake up there, let alone knock him off. But even if Donald Trump doesn't end up getting their presidential nomination, he's injected such a poisonous strain of corruption so deeply into so many veins of his party, it's going to be hard for them to flush it out. Look, given the Democrat who was the subject of this episode today, I'm not trying to tell anyone the Democrats don't lie, cheat, or steal. But we Democrats haven't handed our party to someone whose political brand is based entirely on doing, rewarding, and oftentimes requiring all three. And if our collective and growing condemnation of Bobby Yupig Menendez is any indication, we never will. Thanks for listening. Tune in for more of Jiu-Jitsu Red to Blue. New episodes drop every Thursday morning.